Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back for hour number three of Fantasy Sports Today. I almost said Weekend Fantasy Update, George. I don't know if you caught that. But uh, you'll be doing that show with uh, Camp Stewart at 11. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, the mind is uh, is fading as I, as I get older here. But uh, Fantasy Sports Today, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, I'm sure you guys will be talking some uh, Kentucky Derby action, a lot of uh, NHL playoffs as well, I suppose. I suppose we will. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm positive we'll be talking about both there. As for the shows, yeah, they uh, sometimes it is. Uh, you have to think quick to remember what show you're on. I know I've caught myself mm-hmm, doing that a mm-hmm. couple of times. Uh, weekend fantasy update. There's a fantasy mm-hmm, sports mm-hmm. today. You know, Rotor mm-hmm. experts in the morning. We, you know, it's like, oh my god, uh, they, they all sort of uh, blend in. Yeah, I almost need to, need to write it down, keep a sign somewhere, tape it on my wall, so I know what show I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm doing here. So that's. Uh, not all that surprising. Uh, still raining here, you know, and I'm looking at the weather reports for the uh, baseball games today. Uh, from what I'm hearing is all the games could get in if teams want to be patient. But I do mm-hmm. love two games that are the biggest worry about postponements would be uh, Philadelphia-Washington. And uh, they think one of the reasons that could be postponed because division game. Easy to make up. Mm-hmm. You know, these teams will play each right. other more during the season. They're correct about that. Tampa Bay, Baltimore, same thing. Division game, easy to make up. Once again, these games, if they wanted to wait a couple of hours for the rain delay, they think it could be played. The Yankees are in a little different situation because they already moved their game to a 4 o'clock start to try and avoid this. Mm-hmm. And theirs is not a division game. Uh, but right. the Yankees doing this, and you never see this, by the way. You never see a team mid-series change a game time. It's, it's rare. Rare as all hell. It lets you know that the Yankees and Twins both want to get this game in because the Twins had to agree, or would have had to agree to this. The Yankees wouldn't just do this. I don't know if they're even allowed to do it unilaterally. The Twins had to agree mm-hmm. to this, and it also means that in all likelihood, I haven't checked the schedule, but I'm guessing Minnesota does not come back to New York. And they don't want to come back right. for a one game at some point during an off day. So they're willing to wait this out. So I think the Yankee twin game, it starts at 4 o'clock right now. I think they will wait it out. It wouldn't shock me if this ends up being a late game tonight. You know, a 7 o'clock start wouldn't shock me at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I haven't checked the weather for the Bronx. I know checking the weather for where I live, which is on Long Island, about an hour and a half from the Bronx. It's rain until about 8, 9 o'clock tonight. You know, wow. so maybe okay. the Bronx, it lightens up a little. Le- uh, maybe in the Bronx, it'll lighten up a little earlier. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the Yankees and Twins will be would be willing to wait it out. The Yankees probably certainly don't mind. They're at home tomorrow against uh, Seattle. Once again, I don't know mm-hmm. what the, the Twins do, uh, how, where the Twins are traveling to. So uh, keep that in mind. You know, you're setting your lineups today for DFS. Your weather problems are going to be an issue. Right. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Great point. 
And uh, in a way, kudos to the Yankees for being so proactive. I think they announced it yesterday that they were changing the start time. Yeah, during the game. Today's game from, yeah, from one to four. So, you know, it just helps the fans as well. You know, you, you don't want to be uh, getting to the game, let's say, uh, at noon or 1130 and just waiting and waiting and waiting. So, uh, you know, nice uh, to see the Yankees thinking of their fans in a way. So let's the Yankees do do that uh, because, they, because the Yankees make, they make money hand over fist so they can do this sort of thing. It's why the Yankees play mm-hmm. more afternoon games than anybody outside of the Cubs. Once again, they can mm-hmm. do that. Their fans are still coming. They sell out uh, or they sell a gazillion season tickets, so they don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think you make a good point. It is nice for teams to do this and announce it so early because if you're going to the game today, the last thing you want to do is show up at 12 at, when the <laughs> Yankees and Twins know damn well that it's gave it no chance to start at 1 o'clock. And they, they do right, know. Right. So let's start, let's start at 4. And it's, listen, it's good for the ball players too, because now they don't have to show up to the ballpark at 10. They can show up at 1, mm-hmm. knowing the game's going to start at 4. And so it's, it's good for everybody. It, it just makes sense. I wish right. more teams would do this. Be more proactive and realize, hey, mm-hmm. I understand there are times where, you know, hey, it's supposed to pour, you know, it's like a 3, it's a rain, and it doesn't. You know, we've seen that also. But in this situation... Everybody in their mode has been calling for rain now all weekend long. You know, why not be proactive and push the game off to uh, help your fans? And if you're a fan, I, mm-hmm. I understand you're going to oh, I can't make it at four. Well, that's great. But do you want us to do a rain at one o'clock? Either way, you weren't going to see a game. <laughs> so I don't know what, right. I, I don't know what, the, I just don't understand what the downside is here. Good point. Excellent point. Uh, all right, let's uh, switch gears, at least for a segment or so. Uh, take a look at the, AFC East. Uh, some of the dust has uh, cleared. Uh, the NFL draft was last weekend, and we're just trying to make sense of what has happened. But let's take a look at the uh, AFC East and start with the Bills, who were uh, six and ten in last season. Uh, a little optimism uh, with uh, Josh Allen being called up. Uh, not called up. I say I'm in baseball mode, right? They don't call him up. They just. He put him, <laughs> made him the starter uh, mid-season, and uh, you know a little excitement there. Uh, this off-season, they've added uh, a wide receiver you're very familiar with, Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, Frank Gore, uh, the ageless wonder uh, running back, uh, center Mitch Morse, tackle uh, Tyle Neshke, and uh, running back T.J. Yeldon. So I, one of their biggest uh, uh, things that they needed to upgrade was the O-line, right? The seventh worst uh, in football per uh, pro football focus. But uh, uh, the first pick and, and the first couple of picks, a lot of people giving them props on. Uh, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, uh, a little undersized, but plays bigger than his, than his size. Uh, good against the run. A lot of people uh, think that was a great pick uh, by the Bills. Outside linebacker Cody Ford. Uh, some people think that they got first-round value uh, in the second round from him. But uh, from a, a, a more traditional uh, fantasy standpoint, uh, let's look at uh, running back Devin Singletary. Uh, 5'8", 203. Some people consider him to be a little undersized. And now you look at uh, before they drafted Singletary, uh, two main cogs uh, were LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore, two main cogs in their uh, backfield. But they also, like I mentioned, added T.J. Yeldon. And, you know, in, in doing a little research for this, you know, a lot of people say, you know, T.J. Yeldon just, you know, when he was called upon, uh, did a good job. But I, I noticed that in games, 
where he had at least 15 carries. This is throughout his whole career. 3.57 yards per carry. Uh, all other games, so that's 15, uh, you know, less than 15, 4.25 yards per carry. But uh, any thoughts on uh, Devin Singletary? And do you, how much of a, a factor do you think he's going to be in the, the uh, Bills' backfield this season? I mean, um, you know, like I said, it's a little crowded, but a little old at the same time. The Bills, I mean, their, their defense is going to be a very good defense. It's going to be a nasty defense, the one you, you, you don't want to face here. The offense, however, is going to put that defense in some problems. Uh, I right. mean, this is not an impressive offense whatsoever. I like Josh Allen, but you've got no weapons for him. I mean, none. Mm-hmm. Not, not a, that's not a damn weapon here. Uh, and also, if he's going to run more, eventually he's going to get hurt. You can't keep doing right. that. I, his athleticism last season was fun to watch. You know, it, it, it was fun to watch, but eventually that catches up to you. Catches up with all these running quarterbacks. LaShawn McCoy is an aging running uh, an aging running back. Not the same back he was. He always banged up. Frank Gore is just, he just never dies. Really never dies. Mm-hmm. Kudos to the man. For, you know, for, he still wants to play and plays at a decent yes. level. It's a future Hall of Famer here fairly easily. T.J. Elton's a, a very good backup. That's what he is. He's not really a starting running back. Uh, Singletary right. is another complimentary piece there. When your starting wide receivers are John Brown and Zay Jones, you have problems. Okay, you have problems. John Brown is a speed guy. It's all he does. You know, it's a guy you, you don't mind having on your team. You, know, you like having that guy, but he, he can't be your number one. He mm-hmm. just can't be it. Zay Jones was drafted to be that number one, but he's never truly developed. He's he's okay at best. You know, has had moments every now and then. Uh, Cole Beasley, okay, you know, your poor man's Julian Edelman, slot guy, who does very little after the catch. Okay, fine. Forster has shown some moments here, but this, this it's very unimpressive. Very unimpressive. They, they, that had mm-hmm. to be addressed. I understand this wasn't the draft to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I think only one wide receiver went in the first round. Uh, there was, it was a deeper in the second and third round, but they didn't really go for it then. Uh, maybe they should have addressed this as a free agency. They did try to trade for Antonio Brown. You know, it's not like they don't know what the problem is. They do know it. Right. They, they weren't able to do it yet. It's a work in progress there. Uh, Tyler Croft is now your tight end. Uh, okay, yay. You know, uh, mm-hmm. what are you going to say? He's solid at best. You know, so it's, it's unimpressive. It's going to be hard to judge Josh Allen on this group. You know, is he a franchise quarterback? We won't know it by the end of this year. Not with this group. You won't know. Right. It won't be fair to judge him. It just won't be fair. Fantasy-wise, you don't want Josh Allen. Not in a, not in a, Q, a one QB league. He's playing in a super flex or a two QB league, then we can talk. But in a one QB More league, unless he's, unless he's running for 60, 80 yards a game, he's not going to be a fantasy quarterback one this season. Just doesn't have the weapons mm-hmm. around him. Work in progress here. I love the defense, but the offense is a, mm-hmm. is a major work in, pro- work in progress. Right. And uh, I should add uh, that they, uh, among their other picks, they uh, added tight end Dawson Knox, who's considered more of a blocking tight end. So uh, so do you think uh, they'll be able to uh, win at least the six games that they did? Are they a better team? Uh, I mean, I know they play in a very, very tough uh, division with the Pats always there, but... Uh, you know, over under on their six from last year. And I won't hold you to it because we're only in the first week of May. Oh, thanks. That That's kind of you. I'm glad, I I'm glad you won't hold me to it. Um, <laughs> said, at, this, at this point, you really could hold somebody to it because the draft's over. Free agency is, is all but over. So you could. You, it's mm-hmm. fair to hold somebody to it now. All right, it's damn it. Then I'm going to hold you to it, damn it. Okay. They, okay oh, you, you won't me. even remember one way or the other. <laughs> 
Do I think they'll get six wins? Okay, let, let's let's take a look, quick look at their schedule here. We know they play Buffalo, uh, Miami twice. Okay, I like I like a chance mm-hmm. of two wins there. All right, right. Uh, Jets and New England. I think uh, the four games are Jets and New England. You win at least one. You know, so three Cincinnati could be a win. Four Philadelphia, Washington, Cleveland, Miami, Denver, Dallas, Baltimore. Oof, not the easiest of schedules here. Not the mm-hmm. easiest of schedules uh, at all. They play the Giants too. Um, I think their over under is probably six and a half. If I was going mm-hmm. to set it here, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give them seven, maybe eight. I can see them being a five hundred right. team here. Uh, wow. Listen, if they okay. had a, if they had a, if they had a decent offense, I feel better. Listen, you start with uh, Jets and Giants. Jets, Giants, Cincinnati is their first three games. They need to make hay here. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go two, at least two and one. You, gotta be able, you should be able to beat the Giants here. Cincinnati's an average team as well. you got to be able to beat them. You know, then you play New England, Tennessee. New England's not the same team they used to be. Tennessee, good, solid team. Miami, you're at Phil, uh, you play Philadelphia, Washington. Those are not going to be easy games. Washington's a little easier than Philly. Cleveland, we, we, everybody thinks Cleveland's going to be a much better team, maybe even a threat in the AFC. Uh, Miami, again, Denver's not a uh, big team. You're, you're at Dallas. Bull, yeah, I, I think 500 is definitely reachable for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dolphins. Are they? Uh, they uh, is there a team that's worse in the NFL than them? I mean, a, a, a Mike uh, Blewett, uh, who was on the air with uh, yesterday uh, FST uh, on Saturday morning, brought up an interesting point. Josh Allen, now a Dolphin, he could find himself in the same exact spot as he was this year. Where let's say if the Dolphins win two games, you know, and uh, there's a strong quarterback class. Uh, coming out next year he might find himself uh, being replaced by a, a first round quarterback again next year well mike is 100 percent correct all mm-hmm. right he's in the exact same spot he was <laughs> because if they if once again if they falter if they you know if they play terrible they're going to have a, a top pick you know and they will they will definitely take a quarterback so they'll blame that rosa couldn't do it see he's not a franchise quarterback you can see the way it's going to play out now your first question mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. are they the worst team in the nfl uh, well, they're the worst team in the AFC East. Uh, the worst team in the North seems to be Cincinnati, and I think Cincinnati's a better team. In the South, they're all better than uh, – they're easily better than Miami. In the West, KC, Chargers. I mean, Oakland looks to be a better team as well. So I think Oakland's a better team, though Oakland might still be in this conversation. Uh, Giants, I think, are going to be there. They, they, uh, they, got, they have some issues there, but I think they're a better team than Miami. I think their offense is good. Defense uh, still, once again, work in progress there. Detroit might be the worst team in the North, but they're a better team. South, they all seem to be better. Tampa Bay, I think they're a better team. Arizona. Now you're looking at Arizona. Again, believe it or not, even with Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray, I don't think they're all that great a team. Miami's, listen, even if things go well, I think they're a bottom five pick. And that's, that's how it is. I think, uh, I don't care how Rosen, even if Rosen is a franchise quarterback, let's say he is. Have we seen the team around him? Look, Miami's playing for a, a top draft pick. They have their top running backs, Kenyon Drake, is average running back. They have wide receiver problems as well. Stills, Parker, Wilson. They have no tight end. No tight end. Kasiki, right. uh, Dwayne Allen, really? Your defense? What defense? I mean, uh, they have some decent players. Yeah, Kiko Alonso when he's not uh, taking the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. But there's no superstars here. None. Shard Jones, a good tight end, a uh, good uh, strong safety. This team is going to have issues. They're going to have a lot of issues. I mean, uh, when you look at the uh, Miami Dolphins, you look at their schedule, uh, the first thing I, I think of when I think of this team is where's their win coming from? Okay. <laughs> who, who, uh, you know, how aren't they going 0-16? That's the first thing. Right. And they st- look at their schedule to open up the season. 
All right, Baltimore, New England, Dallas, Chargers. Is there a snowball's chance in hell for a win there? <laughs> Anybody? I mean, uh, maybe uh, Baltimore, so. New England never plays. New England never plays well in Miami, and they're playing in September again, where it's hot as hell. Baltimore could have that mm-hmm. problem as well. You know, we're just too hot there. They play Dallas in Dallas. Uh, so then, then, then they're uh, Washington, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Jets. Indianapolis, Buffalo, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Jets, Giants. Where the hell is the win here, Joe? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not going to go in sixteen, my friend. Right, that's right. it. They're not going to go in sixteen. Mm-hmm. But where's the win? Where's the where's the week you go? Okay, we know that we're going to win this week. <laughs> I don't see it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just don't see it here. This team reeks to me of two and fourteen, three and thirteen. If you're going to set an mm-hmm. over under, what's your over under? Three and a half, four and a half. You know, no matter what it is, I'm probably taking the under here. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the only player on this team, fantasy-wise, that I have some mild interest in is Kenyon Drake as their running back where, uh, you know, uh, he might get fed the ball, just a couple of short little dink passes, uh, safety, you know, safety, use him as a safety valve, uh, Josh Rosen. But you got to feel for Josh Rosen. And I, uh, I'm, I'm pulling for him, and I, I thought he did a great job on his way out of uh, Arizona. I love that little video that he put uh, together, the video goodbye, thanking the fans, and uh, even uh, you know, telling uh, Calamari that uh, he uh, that there was a uh, his apartment or whatnot was available. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and even just like his introductory uh, press conference where he was asked about the chip on his shoulder. He says, you know, if my, the chip on my shoulder got any bigger, I'd, be, I'd, I'd keel over. So I thought he handled this fairly well. Uh, so kudos to him, and I'm pulling for him, George. Josh Rosen has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. He didn't have a very good supporting cast for the Cardinals. Once again, not really fair to judge him off of last year. Not at all. I, I, I hope he does well in Miami. I just I don't think it'll be his fault again. I think he's in the exact same situation. I think Miami's going mm-hmm. to suck. It won't be his fault, and he'll likely be playing for a new team in 2020. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, uh, when we come back, We'll take a look at the uh, Jets and the Patriots, and then go back to uh, uh, baseball. Listening to Fantasy Sports today, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today, Joe Galina, George Kurtz. The Fantasy Prince, Sean Angle. Keeping us flying straight, producing the show. Doing a phenomenal job, as always. And uh, we, uh, we've been talking some uh, Major League Baseball. Some of the action that took place on Saturday. Uh, some player news for individual teams. Some waiver wire ads, wrapping it all into one. And uh, we've been talking um, 
More recently, turned our attention to a little NFL, AFC East uh, breakdown of uh, teams just uh, very early, but uh, just taking a look at uh, what we might expect. And uh, we spoke about the Bills and the Dolphins. How about the Jets, George? Uh, you know, they got uh, first pick, uh, the defensive tackle, Quinnen Williams out of Alabama. Some feel he was the best player in the draft. Uh, basically, when you look at his uh, draft profile and whatnot, he, he played his best against the best. And, uh, you know, what Ric Flair says about uh, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, he, he played the, the best teams and performed well against them. And uh, they followed that up with uh, defensive end Ja'Kai Polite. Uh, Source that he and Josh Allen were the only two players in the FBS that had at least 10 sacks, four forced fumbles, and four pass breakups. So uh, a nice second pick there. But uh, Jets were 4-12 and uh, last year. Uh, I think they could have uh, used a little bit of an uh, upgrade at uh, wide receiver, give uh, – Sam Donald, a little bit more, uh, a little more weapons. Uh, but uh, what do you think overall? Just a, a quick synopsis of what do you think about the Jets for next year? They think that they could exceed those four wins that they have. Better team. Hey, I didn't even mention Lev Bell, and you mentioned last week that uh, he didn't show up uh, for the voluntary, you know, underline voluntary in the air. Uh, workout. So that's an interesting thing. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about the uh, Jets overall this year? A little bit better than last year. Well, first of all, you reminded me that, that I have a uh, dynasty draft, uh, dynasty rookie draft starting tomorrow that I really need mm. to brush up for. Uh, mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I just uh, forgot that You're starts welcome. on Monday. Uh, yeah, right. that's in a, a heavy, <laughs> heavy, that's an IDP league. So uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting uh, draft because you're obviously drafting linebackers, safeties, yeah. defensive linemen yeah. and the like. And I have to, I have, the reason I bring that up is I have the 10th pick in that league, which means all the top offensive players will be gone by then. I, I can certainly use a running a back. Running backs no going early. I'll get a good mm-hmm. one. Just like, yeah, just like a regular yeah. draft, running backs go crazy early. I don't need quarterbacks, mm-hmm. so I won't be taking Kyler Murray or anything like that. Even wide receiver, I'm stacked in. So running back is really what I need help, but I don't know a 10th overall if I'll be able to get anybody decent there. So we'll see how that works out. As for the Jets, uh, I think you have to be very impressed by what the Jets have done over the past couple of years. You think about it. All right, you got your franchise quarterback. Or what, what you think your franchise quarterback is in Sam Donald. All right, you got mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell. We can say all we want about Bell, and Lord knows I've criticized him many, many times. He made a huge mistake last year, pretty much just you know, shitting away $14, 15000000 million, saying I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not showing up to do the voluntary. I mean, I think it's hilarious. You're, you're sort of playing at them, what everybody thinks about you by keep by you uh, keep right. doing this. Uh, but that being said, you've got Le'Veon Bell, who should, who should certainly transform this running game. Uh T.Y. Montgomery is a nice uh, Ty Montgomery, a nice uh, backup running back. Elijah McGuire, they, they seem to be set there. Chris mm-hmm. Herndon, a tight end. I kind of like Herndon. I think he's a little underrated there. I think he's a, a good, solid tight yeah. end. Not great, but underrated. You can't fix everything, right? Uh, the wide mm-hmm. receiver core, I think, has talent. Can it play up to that talent? You know, Robbie Anderson, can he put it all together over a 16-game season? Quincy Newman is a fine number two. Jameson Crowder, all right, it didn't work out in Washington. He should, have been, he should be a better player than he is, but a nice number three there. I mean, I like what the Jets have done here on offense. Uh, I think it's, once again, a lot of it has to gel. A lot of it depends on Sam Donald as well. Is he a franchise quarterback? He seems to be heading in that direction, right? But they were very protective of him last season. They really didn't open it up. That's going to change this year. Yeah, we'll see what he can do. As for the draft, you mentioned Quinton Williams. I think he was the best player in the draft. You know, I, I think the Jets did very – and I, I applaud the Jets because we know they were trying to trade out. 
We know yes. they were trying to trade out at that number three. But I applaud them because I think what happened was they didn't get offers they liked, so they took the best player. I think it's way more teams have to do it. I think the Jets said to themselves, yes, we want to trade out, but it has to be on our terms. If we don't get what we think is uh, equal rights for this, then we're taking the player. And a lot of teams don't do that. They just take the best offer regardless of if they think it's good enough. The Jets stuck to their guns. I think they got the best player here. I think, I think they did very well. Very well here. So I think it's going to be a good competitive team. So uh, I like what the Jets have done. What do you take as like an over-under uh, for a win total for the Jets? I mean, they get, I think they're going to win more than the four games they won last year, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, I'll, I'll give them two wins against Miami all, all by themselves. Uh, yes, I don't, yes. Uh, uh, now for the Jets. They I play think the Giants, again, too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Giants are as terrible as everybody says they are. But uh, I, I, I yeah, I don't think they're, think they're a, a three-win team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. No, they may win. They may. They may win four. So uh, yeah, they're not. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, enough of the jokes. Uh, as for the Jets, uh, once again, it's not the easiest start to the season for them at all. The AFC East has a very tough schedule. They start against Buffalo. Okay, that's uh, at the Jets. Cleveland. At the Jets. Uh, I guess you hope for one-on-one there. Then you're at New England. All right. You got to give a loss. They're at Philadelphia. That could be another loss. Then you play Dallas. Another loss. New England. <laughs> and once again, at Jacksonville before you get to the little easier part of your schedule. So you, you, they, 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 the Jets have to, survive, have to survive the first eight weeks of their schedule. Uh, they, have a bi- they have an early bye week as well. Week four. That's rough. Mm-hmm. All right, so they, they need to survive that. This first, like I said, Buffalo, Cleveland, New England, Philadelphia, Dallas, New England, Jacksonville. Wow. That's not mm-hmm. going to be easy to survive that. You know, what are you hoping for there? Uh, I, if, you can get, if you can get three and four, what is that? That's seven games? If you can get three and four, I think you're happy here. Four and three, anything over above mm-hmm. 500, you're, you're thrilled. Because then you get the more of the, uh, the, the soft part of the schedule. Miami, Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami again. That's where you have to make hay, right? You need to go, what, 5-1 and one there. Take care of business. Mm-hmm. If you're a good team, that's what right. you have to do. You need to take care of business. You need to survive the early part, go 500 or around 500, and then crush that middle part of the schedule when you're playing teams that just aren't very good. And then they finish up with at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, at Buffalo. Once again, that's tough. You know, at Baltimore in, uh, in December, not going to be fun. Pittsburgh's never fun anywhere. And then at Buffalo last week of the season, once again, that's not going to be a joy either. You know, division games never are. So I think when you look at this, I think the Jets certainly winning more than the three, four games, right? Because I think I'll give them at least, uh, let's say, two wins that are tough to start the schedule. I think they want to get three, but two would be uh, is probably more real, realistic. Miami, Giants, Washington, Oakland, that's where you have to win three, four, six. I'll give them, I think sure. they're over on this probably six and a half, seven games. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jet fans uh, optimistic, and uh, you know, with a quarterback like Sam Darnold, I mean, uh, I think they have every right. It's to all about him. It's all. Yeah. If he ends up being great, then with it, then this projection is way off. If he ends up being, if he takes that big next step, then this is way off. He they could win nine. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't know if he's quite there yet. And I, I don't think New England's all that great either. So uh, I think it's a, probably a little bit wrong of me to assume that New England's going to beat the Jets twice. Jets always play them tough anyway. Yes, the Jets. I can see them Jets are an up and coming team. I think the Jets are an up right. and coming team. I don't know if I trust Adam mm-hmm. Gase either. By the way, I wish they had a little stronger head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. he's going to be an interesting as well. But I think the Jets are an up and coming team. Just take it slow and I, I, for the Jets, don't do anything stupid because you want to. You think you have to win this year. You want to win this year, of course mm-hmm. you do. But you don't need anything stupid. Keep 
you know, go, keep, you know, keep at the helm, keep doing the same things you're doing here. So I think they're heading in the right direction. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, uh, the last team in this division that we haven't spoken about is the Patriots. You alluded to them. Uh, They uh, obviously won the Super Bowl last year, uh, 11 regular season games, uh, added uh, Nkeel Harry. uh, That was their first pick. Uh, A lot of people were surprised about uh, them taking – they usually don't take a big-time wide receiver so early in the draft. But, uh, hey, uh, Nkeel Harry, uh, Edelman is back. Uh, no more Gronk, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. They added, who, who I've said on the show, I, I think uh, has a lot of upside. You know, it's a perfect kind of player that for the Pats, a guy with a lot of talent who has uh, underperformed, and uh, you know their strength has been also just uh, uh, protecting uh, Tom Brady. Uh, you saw in the playoffs, but it barely touched all all playoffs. Uh, they might lose. Th- th- they might feel the effects of losing Gronk more from that perspective than anything else, because towards the end of his career, you know, he wasn't the, the big uh, putting up the big pass catching numbers that he was in the past. But the, just the fact of him not being on the field, they're going to feel it. Uh, they added uh, Damian Harris, giving them even more depth at the running back position. And if you look at uh, the Pats, then I wouldn't call them a run first team, but they are relying more on the run as time has gone on. And uh, they also, uh, I don't know if you want, you can, can you call uh, uh, the quarterback that they added, the uh, the heir apparent, Jared Stidham? Is, is he the heir apparent or just a little depth that they think, they think that maybe uh, eventually they could just develop into something? And I wonder how Tom Brady's going to treat him. <laughs> what do you think about the uh, the Pats? How much, uh, any regression? It sounds like you think that there's going to be a regression. And if so, yeah, how much? Well, I think there has to be regression here. They just they keep losing too many players. I mean, they, I mean, this is a great organization, regardless of Robert Kraft uh, doing what he did. Uh, and well, I, we don't know how that will play out either, by the way. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Brady is not the quarterback he used to be, but he's still very, very good. Sonny Michelle's a good running back. Got to stay healthy. We know they can use James White. They adapt so well. They I mean, so well. It's amazing. How well they adapt. Oh, we lose Michelle. We'll just use James White in the passing game. You know, right, oh, we right, don't have Grok right. now. We'll run the ball more. You know, the wide receiver core is interesting. All right, we all know Edelman. He is, he is what he is. All right, he's the, the slot mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. He'll catch a million balls there. Uh, Nikhil Harry, all right. Can he develop any kind of chemistry with Tom? Does it matter? Is Tom going to throw him the ball anyway? Is he just more of a, a threat there? And they'll use uh, Edelman. You know, they'll use him short. Uh, Dorsett somewhere because Tom knows him. Demarius Thomas is there now. Can, does he have anything left? Uh, you mentioned ASJ or Austin Severian Jenkins. I kind of like him as well. I think you like him more mm-hmm. than I do, but I, I like him. You know, I think he'll be somewhat valuable. Fantasy-wise, I think he'll be bottom tier tight end one, you know, in that 10 to 14 range, somewhere in there, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we do know Tom likes to use his call, his tight ends in the red zone, in the end zone, so he could catch some touchdowns, and ASJ right, right. was very good at catching touchdowns with the Jets, they just kept getting overturned, I think, I think mm-hmm. he had three overturned that year, he was the Jets, it was, it was kind of funny, well, not very funny, because I had him on my fantasy team, but, uh, you know, so I think that's what where it is, I just don't think they're a dominant team they used to be, that being said, they're still ahead of everyone else in the AFC East. But the Bills and Jets are closing in. They just—they're not there yet. The Bills don't have the offense to close in. You know, the Jets don't have the, the Jets. Are, they do have an, the Jets could have an offense. They really could, if Donald develops. We're still waiting to see if that happens there. So uh, I think the—I think the Jets and Bills are closing in, but not there yet. I just—I think the Pages are the cream of this crop, and uh, the, the question is going to be once again: Can anybody? 
really make a run at them to force them to play hard in December? I don't think so. I don't think this is that year. You know, I think, I think the Patriots are still the best team in the AFC East. Likely, where because of what's going on in the other divisions, I mean, when you think about it, the first thing I always look at with the Patriots is not so much are they going to win the AFC East. I, I think that's a given. The question is, are they going to get home field? You know, and mm-hmm. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and, and Cleveland are likely to kill each other. You know, so that, that hurts them. The AFC South, they're all good, but they all could uh, dominate. KC, we all know their legal problems. You, you, you released Hunt, you might end up releasing Hill mm. and his issues there. Chargers are a good team. So uh, I think the Patriots are almost Great guaranteed defense. if they don't get the number one seed, they get the number two mm-hmm. seed anyway. You know, and that's, right, it. that's right. always my, what I look at with the Patriots. Their next important game still might not be until a divisional round of the playoffs in January. Right, right. Great point. Great point. Uh, and obviously, they've been most effective in uh, the playoffs when they've had, you know, the home field advantage. So, uh, so what do you think about Go a figure. win total for them? You, yeah, right. Uh, still a 10-11 win team. They won 11 last year. Sounds like uh, you're thinking similar. Well, once again, I think with the Pages, you, you start at 10, you work your way up. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they play Pittsburgh opening, uh, op- not opening night, but uh, the opening Sunday night. Right, they play Pittsburgh, and then they get you know uh, their division games right out of the way, out of the way real quick. Miami Jets, Buffalo, back to back to back. Washington Giants, Jets again. Not the toughest schedule there. I mean, how many losses are coming there in the first couple of weeks? Two. I can see that they're not great, and then the schedule gets tougher. Yeah, you know, they sort of have the opposite schedule. I think it was the Jets. You know, it's easy first, then it gets tougher. Then they play Cleveland, at Baltimore, at Philadelphia. Dallas at Houston at Kansas City, wow, wow, mm-hmm. that that that's tough, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I think that's where uh, could I see three, four more losses coming? Sure, let's give them another two, maybe three. So we're down, we're up to five, right? Five losses now. They finish Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Buffalo, Miami. You know, the Buffalo games at New England. I don't think they lose any of those. I don't. So I think once again, their over under is probably ten and a half. You know, I think it's about what it is. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll get the twelve, thirteen wins. I don't. But I think eleven is right. That's why I made it ten and a half. I think eleven is the number here. I think that's what. I think they'll end up eleven and five. There you go. All right, good stuff. Hey, what did you think of your, what uh, the the Cowboys did uh, in in the draft? Any uh, you know any feelings there? I wasn't thrilled, Joe. I mean, I would have taken uh, Thornhill at the safety in any, uh, with the 58th pick. Instead, they went uh, for another lineman. That being said, I think Dallas did lose out on players they wanted. So I think they, uh, mm-hmm. they did what I would do as well as far as when in doubt, take the guys in the trenches. When in doubt, take the offensive right. lineman, take the defensive lineman. And I don't mind that, but I thought, listen, they, they ignore the safety position over and over again. They just ignore it. They don't think it's a huge thing. You had a top-ranked guy there at 58. That could have solved that problem. I probably would have gone that direction. I think I would have done that. Mm-hmm. But as I, I said, you lost Irving, right? He he can't stay off marijuana, so he he retired. We don't know. Uh, I shouldn't say we. They don't know when Randy Gregory is coming back. So they did lose two defensive linemen. Uh, you did trade for uh, Robert Quinn, which really was a, a steal from the uh, Dolphins. So I don't mind what they did, but it wouldn't have been the direction I went in. They took a bunch of, uh, a couple of backup running backs. They needed one, certainly to be a traditional backup to Ezekiel Elliott. And they took another one who's a returner. And anybody who watches Dallas on returns over the past couple of years knows they've been awful at that. With the exception of Tavon mm-hmm. Austin, when he was healthy, he was actually pretty good at it. But uh, they haven't had a good returner in forever. So that makes some sense mm-hmm. there. So overall, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. it but it, it's certainly not how I would have drafted 
Right. And the reason why I asked that about George, he's a big Cowboys fan. I'm a Giants fan. Uh, in the less than minute that we have, Dave Gettleman said, for a fact he knew uh, that uh, two other teams were interested. Liar! Jones. He's a liar, huh? <laughs> of course he's lying. They're all lying. He's tra- Dave Gettleman, really, buddy, shut up. You made the pick already. Shut up and let him play now. You're making yourself look bad. He's actually looking pretty good, if you believe the, what you read in the papers. Daniel Jones uh, in this uh, workout this weekend. So we'll see. All right, we'll be back. More baseball, fantasy, sports today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. It gets me in the mood for the show. Network. Absolutely, yeah. That is this is a good theme song. Lita at George Kurtz. Yes, it is. And you know, like, sometimes I'll, I'll watch uh, the show when I was re-watching it on demand. And I always had to listen to the, uh, I could have the option of skipping the theme song, but I have to listen to it. <laughs> Just yeah, puts me in the mood. It's actually, uh, so. it's. I, I think it's kind of cool how they, uh, you know, they build everything on the show. I, I guess with the graphics yeah, yeah. and all that. I kind of, I kind of like watching that as well. This is Game of Thrones a show. I know you were actually. I think it was you who was rewatching it as it was. I can't wait to get the DVD yeah. set so I can rewatch this. Yeah. You know, sometime over the summer, yes. just spend a, you know, a week or two and just watch this back to back to back to back to really catch all. Because I guarantee you, there are things you know that I don't because I didn't see it the first time. I didn't. It didn't dawn on right. Me. So uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to go out and uh, redo that. Yeah, I did rewatch it as the show, uh, you know, was nearing the you know, the season premiere. So, and you're you're the second time is so much better because you're right. You know, having seen it the first time, uh, so you have a good background on it, but you really catch a lot of the stuff that you missed the first time. Plus, because it, uh, in many instances, it was uh, there was so much time in between seasons, you know, that you, you tend to forget the little intricacies. <laughs> that happens. So, uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy it, uh, George, believe me. And uh, rewatching it uh, prior to this season has made uh, this short new season all that much more enjoyable. So, all right. So it's uh, going to be an interesting day in baseball, George. Uh, uh, you know, the, the weather, like you said, is going to be a factor. Uh, just looking at some of the pitchers that are going today, I guess some of the better ones, Justin Verlander against the Angels. That's a that's a nice matchup for him. But it's a four ten start. Uh, Michael Pineda for the Twins makes his return uh, for the Yankees. That should be a good matchup because he's going up against Domingo Herman. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess people that follow fantasy closely know just how good Domingo Herman has been. But as Yankee fans, been he really has, I don't know if you want to say saved our season, but really been dominant as a starting pitcher. But what do you think about Pineda coming back uh, to Yankee Stadium? They were talking about how much he was looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I think with Pineda, he'll have to keep his emotions in check. You know, uh, he's uh, he is an emotional guy, so he, he actually talked about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that point I think is silly. All right, uh, I mean, uh, I was told about this with Cam yesterday. No batters care about the pine tar. They don't care. Right. They, they want make the pitcher it to have a grip. They they make what legal. they should do, Joe, is is this. What they should they should take uh, you know, they should uh, follow what Japan does. What Japan does is they mm-hmm. put tackiness on the ball. They when they manufacture the ball, they have tackiness on it so that the ball has mm-hmm. grip. And uh, and basically, baseball should do the same thing. You know, they, let's say we do this Mississippi mud crap. I mean, think about it. you put Miss. Mm-hmm. Let's have the umpire rub the ball with Mississippi mud. I mean, it, it's just dumb. It, I mean, it's just dumb to get that tackiness there. You know, so let's have the umpire uh, put Mississippi mud on the ball and and rub it so that they uh, they have a grip there. It means every ball is different, right? Because there's no way he's rubbing the same ball twice. That's not happening. Right. So why not right. make the ball like Japan does with the tackiness so there's some grip on the ball? Because all the batter cares about is that the 95 mile per hour spheroid is not coming at their head. Right? That's all right. they care about. You know, they don't care that, okay, if he gets a little extra grip, yeah, you get a better curveball or you get a better slider. They don't care about that. They don't want the ball to you know, end their life. So I don't understand why baseball hasn't done this already. It doesn't make any sense to me. It'd be better for the game all around. You have to worry about the uh, pine tar or uh, hair gel or Vaseline. Well, I guess you would have to. Vaseline would be a little different. But you would have to worry about all these other things, all the, these other products. That's uh, for other block. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of these guys, uh, well, they put Vaseline to get a, uh, once again, uh, makes the ball change trajectory. Uh, but you wouldn't have to worry about all these other products that they use to get a better grip. People's uh, sunblock is, and during the summer, it's what they do. They pray, put a lot of sunblock on their arm and they grab their arm, and it's, it gives you a grip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, right, I, right. baseball sometimes they just, they just don't adjust. They're slow to adjust to what makes sense here, or they're afraid to admit that hey, Japan may be right about something. You know, they're, they're just afraid to admit that uh, you know another country or another league uh, has done something better than they've done. So I, I, I'll never understand why. Yeah, they haven't made this adjustment already. So uh, Pineda was just stupid that time. He just made it too obvious. Hide it better. You hide it fine. Exactly. You can't make it obvious, and you'll get away with it because no one's complaining. When you make it obvious, it's so, you sort of have no choice. It's like you know mm-hmm. when you, everybody speeds, right? When you drive, everybody speeds. You do 70, you're fine. You do 125, they sort of have no choice but to pull you over. Okay, so that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right. So uh, a couple of the games we didn't get to. Rangers uh, beat the Blue Jays eight to five. Hey, Vlad Guerrero is human. Uh, got his first career RBI uh, yesterday, batting one ninety two. Uh, you're not worried about him, right? He's going to have a long leash this year, of course, right? Yes, yes. I don't think they're sending him mm-hmm. down unless he's unless they think he, they just have no choice for his health. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he's fine. Uh, I've only got him in one league. And uh, maybe uh, actually, I'm, I was gonna say maybe I'll bench him this week, but I'm not because the reason he's in this week is for Anthony Rendon went on the IL, so uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I will have to start him this week as well. But if he's still struggling next week when Rendon comes back, uh, then yeah, I'll take Guerrero out. But I, I think he'll be fine. I think once it, there was so much hype about this guy, Joe, he was gonna be the next Messiah, mm-hmm. right? He was gonna lead the Toronto Blue Jays. We're never gonna lose another game. Your fantasy owners were now guaranteed him a championship because <laughs> Guerrero's here. You know, I, I think that was kind of silly. So, uh, but I, I, I think he'll be fine. I'm not all that worried about it. In the league where you got him, uh, would you have to invest? Uh, because he was going, what, fourth round in, in many uh, you know, uh, redraft leagues? Did you have to put that kind of a, an investment in him? This was the league, uh, I if think I mentioned it to you, uh, this is the league that I took over from my friend who passed away. The, oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he asked me to take over his team. This is one of his keepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were oh, allowed, okay. It All was right. a weird. It was a weird keeper league thing. You were allowed to keep like, if I remember correctly, one third baseman or one infielder. I think it was you were allowed to keep one infielder. It was straight. I hated that this thing. One one infielder, one outfielder, and one pitcher. You know, dumb. Mm-hmm. I would have just why not just three overall players? And uh, it came down to Guerrero or Muncy. It's an auction league, so I think Guerrero was – they were both cheap. I think Guerrero might have been $2, Muncie might have been 3 And I, mm-hmm. I chose Guerrero mainly for the upside and also because uh, I knew Muncie was going to have playing time issues. He wasn't going to play every day. Yeah, I, I probably would have kept Muncie since he was starting from day one if if uh, there wasn't playing time issues here. Also because of the, uh, the passing away of my friend, this league started two weeks late. So, therefore, mm-hmm. I knew I was okay as far as Guerrero getting called up a month into the season. It was only going to be two weeks right. for me. So, that, that's why I mm-hmm. kept Guerrero. So, uh, that's what I did for him. But if, uh, I'll tell you right now, if someone wanted to trade for him and was going to give me a very good player, hey, <laughs> I would trade him. I would definitely uh, sure. you know, take, the, uh, take the player here. Uh, I always worry about rookies, mm-hmm. Joe. You know, no matter how good they hit in the minor leagues, you know they're going to struggle some in the uh, – uh, once they get called up here. Adjustments need to be made. Yeah, this is not spring training where no one's really trying to get you out. They're trying to get their work, and they're trying to get you out now. They're looking for your holes. Yeah, so we'll see how right. the adjustments can be made. And I say this all the time. Even Mike Trout struggled mightily when he first got called up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, all right, Diamondbacks beat the Rockies 9-2. to uh, Another good start from Luke Weaver. He's now 3-1, uh, 3.29 uh, ERA, 1.12 whip, uh, 44-8. Strikeout to walk ratio, 18 swinging uh, strikes on 102 pitches, uh, and just uh, gave up just one walk. So Luke Weaver, man, uh, is he a guy that you might consider uh, targeting on? Uh, well, first of all, if he's there on the waiver wire, uh, I think it's a, kind of a no-brainer at this point with uh, so many injuries and whatnot. But uh, do you think he's going to be able to keep up this uh, production uh, rest of season? Yeah, you said he, he shouldn't be available. He's sure to be on your team, especially with all the injuries. But, hey, if he's out there, yeah, I go grab him. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do I think he's going to be able to give up this kind of production? I mean, right now it's, what, 3-1, and 3.29 ERA, 1.12 whip. I mean, well, mm-hmm. we're liking, right? More than a strikeout per inning here. We, we like everything we're seeing yep. out of Luke Weaver right now. Do I think he can keep that up? Probably not. Uh, but I don't think he's going to implode either. That's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, he could have an innings limit at some point. Maybe he was the big uh, piece they acquired or one of the pieces they acquired in the Paul Goldsmith trade. He only threw 136 yes. innings last year, right? So what mm-hmm. are they going to give him, 180 this year? Which means they're either going to skip him some starts or shut him down at some point uh, late August, September. I don't think Arizona will be involved in the playoff chase at the end of the year. I know they're playing well right now, but I think by the, by the long season, you know, things will balance out and they won't be. So mm-hmm. that means they make it, make their decision easier. But I like what I'm seeing right now. I do. Uh, but I think over, like I said, as, as the season goes on, maybe that ERA creeps up more towards the 3.7, 3.8 range. Whip 1.2-ish, 1.28, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Uh, so that that's be my worry out. He's once again, I'm not looking to trade him, Joe. I'm not. But if someone's looking to get him from me, we can chat. We can, can check. So I'm not. Right, I, right. He's not a, a mainstay. Yet. He's not someone. Oh, he's on my team no matter what. He's not that either. Sure. Hmm. All right. Uh, Astros beat the Angels 14 to two. Just to give you a little uh, Shohei Otani could be back as early as Tuesday. 
And uh, remember what he did last year in uh, 326 at-bats, 285 batting average, 22 home runs, 61 runs batted in, 10 stolen bases. Uh, what, what's your uh, projection for Otani? Uh, do you think that uh, pitchers might be uh, a little you – know, treat him a little different? Maybe they they figured out a couple of weaknesses looking at his tape. Uh, what do you think about Otani rest of the way? Well, I think they certainly looked at his tape, right? That's what that's what baseball does. They look at your tape to find out your holes. You know, it's a game of adjustments. Mm-hmm. Pitchers will adjust to him. Can he adjust back? Uh, that sort of thing. I think he. Uh, I'm not starting him this week. If I own him, I don't own him in any league, so I don't. I don't have to make this decision. He's not available in any league either. No, I don't think so. Um, I'm almost 100 percent sure. So, uh, but I, I was. I want to take let's take a wait and see. Plus, maybe they start him on Tuesday, rest him on Wednesday. He's an every other day guy for a while. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, Good you got to wonder. Yeah. What what's going to go on here? Who's going to sit now for this team? You know, I mean, Pools really is a DH now too. You know, so could does that lot does of money. Against, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, <laughs> really that that's a, that's a contract they they certainly wish they didn't uh, do now. But uh mm-hmm. do they think that uh, okay, we'll sit Otani against tough left-handers. You know, because mm-hmm. we can't have him in there. That sort of thing. So I think there's a lot of, once again, moving parts here. Uh, or is it just, or it could just be, hey, Otani's our DH. He plays every day. Pulls some Bauer now. They're going to, uh, uh, they're going to uh, platoon at first base. You know, I don't, what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is I don't think Pulls can be your everyday first base, but I don't think his body can hold up to that. So if you want his bat in the lineup, then he, either he needs to platoon or he needs to uh, play some days at DH. We know Otani's not playing in the outfield. He can't throw. All right, mm-hmm. so I think it's intriguing here. Bottom line is this. I'm, I'm sitting Otani this week just because it's his first week. I want to see what happens there. I see how they're going to play him. I expect that if I, if I owned Otani by next week, May 13th, the week of the 13th, yeah, he's probably in my lineup each and every day as my utility. There you go. There you go. Uh, Red Sox beat the White Sox 15-2. to uh, They've won five of their last six. The Red Sox have. Uh, offense seems to be coming around. You mentioned uh, Michael Chavis, a couple of home runs. Uh, good pedigree, you know, good offensive player in the minor leagues. Uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I, do you think that uh, this is what we're going to see from Chavis uh, rest of season? Uh, what are your thoughts on Chavis? Well, he is a top prospect, all right? So this is a guy who we've been waiting to get called up here. He is a top prospect mm-hmm. for the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, now, he's got there's some issues here as well. First issue is that he's not a second baseman. He's a third baseman, all right? That's what mm-hmm. his natural position is. All right, they put him at second base because they had injuries to Pedroia and Nunez. Nunez is back. But he's, we know what Nunez is. Nunez is a very good utility player. You know, and not a very good defensive one at that. But he's your second base and shortstop, third base, even a little bit of an outfield he can play. He's a good utility player, uh, but not a really good defensive player. Uh, so what happens when Pedroia comes back? That's really the question here. What are they going to do? Now, they, they have plenty of options here. One, they could just say, hey, Dustin, I'm sorry. You know, hey, it's Chaves' job now. He's playing second base. Or they could let Pedroia play some. Maybe Pedroia just plays against left-handers, right? He plays second base against left-handers, and Chavis goes to first base, right? He's a natural third mm-hmm. baseman, so first base shouldn't be a big, big uh, adjustment for him. And that would take Mitch Mullins out of a lineup, and Mitch Mullins left-handed. So it would sort of make the Red Sox lineup this busy. The bottom line is this. You have to believe that Chavis is now an everyday player. 
Where? Who knows? But he's an everyday player. Right. Maybe even against tough left-handers. Maybe even against tough left-handers, Rafael Devers is out of a lineup. And uh, Chase moves back to his more natural third base position. You know, I would say it's tough, not against every left handed. I think that's a mistake. Where you don't want to make Devers a platoon player at this point in his career. But bottom line mm-hmm. is, if you want Chavis, he's available in your league. Man, you're going to spend an awful lot of your fab tonight because he's going to yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to go yep, for a yep. high price. You're not going to get him cheap. You're not going to get him right. cheap. So uh, I want Chavis. I do. If he's, if he's available in these leagues, and I will check all my leagues tonight to make sure, I don't think he is. But if he is, right. I'm going to spend to get him. Assu- assuming I need a third baseman, corner infield, utility player, which we all really. I can't. I find it hard to believe that I won't need one of those three positions on my team. But assuming I do, I'm going to put in a competitive bid for him. Yeah, for two reasons. One, I want the player, and two, I want to make sure he doesn't go for cheap. You know, he's not going right. to anybody. Right, though, right. You know, for nine dollars because nobody needed him. No, if you want him, you're going to pay right. for him. There you go. There you go. And uh, in the last couple of minutes, Dodgers beat the Padres seven six. Machado two home runs, four home runs in his last four games. But the 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 news with the Dodgers this week, uh, on a lesser note, Rich Hill's back in the starting rotation. Ross Stripling now in the bullpen. But the bigger news is AJ Pollock's injuries seem to find this guy. Elbow became infective. They'll be doing uh, some exploratory surgery, uh, replacing a metal plate in his elbow from a previous surgery. Uh, and uh, Alex Verdugo, who was already getting semi-regular at bats. Now uh, he uh, finds a pathway, George, to uh, even more, you know, regular play. Yeah, but he's not going to be a regular. You know, it's mm-hmm. strange how they're going to do that there. Now you're right. Pollock is just, it's, it's kind of sad, right? Yeah. Infection. Yeah. They're actually taking out stuff from his previous surgeries. Sad. Yeah. We don't, there's no really timetable for when he can return here. Just a, a ter- it's terrible for a player, actually a pretty good player here. Uh, news and notes from today before we get out of here. Uh, Josh Donaldson out of the lineup. No setback. Probably just uh, uh, just getting a day of rest here at the returning on Friday. Acuna, though, he has a back, uh, back injury, back tightness. Not expected mm. to be serious. Mm-hmm. He's also out of the lineup. Blake training with an elbow issue here. That's certainly Uh-oh. not good there. We don't have details yet, but I wouldn't expect Blake training to get any saves. He's not on the I.L. yet, but I wouldn't expect any saves from Blake Trainin in the near future. There you go. Great stuff from George Kurtz. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Sports today. Stay tuned. Weekend Fantasy Update with Cam Stewart and George Kurtz is next. I'll be talking, I'm sure they'll be talking a lot of uh, Kentucky Derby NHA playoffs. I'll be listening. Great stuff from them. Thanks to Sean Engel. Catch you next week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.